Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Scarlett. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. So yeah, I've started sunbathing and I think it's because I really want to avoid having builder's tan lines on my arms, you know, where the t-shirt ends and the tan begins. Yeah. Um, and also another thing is I wear trainers a lot of the time or like flats and socks. So my feet, like I'm not a sandals person, so my feet are never out and I feel like my legs will tan and my feet will get pasty. So I was just on the balcony and just had my feet out and my arms out and just trying to even out potential tan lines. And yeah, it's a full-time job, isn't it? It's a, it's a full-time job. Um, I'm still evening out tan lines from when I went away of really? like the bando versus triangle. Oh. Like, and I got a real bando line. And like, it's not nice if you wear a triangle, but you've just got like a yeah, you got those triangle patches. And um, yeah, trying to keep mm. it kind of like. Although I don't know if tanning makes me spotty. I thought tanning wasn't too good for your skin, like to clear, On, up like acne wise. Yeah. Oh, I always think it's the opposite. I always think it makes your skin look. Same. I think I'm just going through something. (laughs) I think you are. My skin's not happy with me. (laughs) You normally have really clear skin. I know. It's why it's annoying. I just don't think you're used to it. I'm really. Your bad is probably my normal. I'm really Uh, complacent about it, and so when I have bad skin, I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it makes me realize how much I sort of rely on or. I'm just used to good skin. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So feel sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you. Poor me. <laughs> yeah. What's your fashion story? <laughs> <laughs>
what is your fashion story? So a little bit late because I think this came out like a week or so ago. But, you know, we only have one episode a week, guys. So bear with us. Yeah. Um, I think every week or every other week we talk about a new collaboration because there's always a fucking (laughs) collaboration, isn't there? Um, Really, I want 2023 to be the year of brands giving us core product. Yeah. Um, Go back to your roots. I want to see archival pieces. I want to see um reworking the classics um I want to see you know what I want to see slim down um offerings we don't need 20 billion collections we want capsules we want them to lean into minimal you know collections anyway I say all that to say this is a it's, just a it's a cute collab, I will say, that Adidas has partnered up with um, a number of community-driven restaurants. Um, one notable one based out in Dubai. Now, I'm not sure if all of them are based out in Dubai, but the one that kind of got onto my radar was a restaurant called Ravi. Ravi Restaurant, and he's based out in Dubai, kind of a long-standing iconic restaurant out there and they've kind of they collaborated with these restaurants and it's their kind of classic three stripe um trainers but they've got the green it's like the green and white combination um and they've done a photo shoot with like the staff wearing the shirts with the Adidas logo on and kind of holding up the pair of trainers that on the tongue, on the inside of the tongue has got, you know, a little something, something on the inside. So it's, um, it's a cute collab. And I think it's, it's one of those, like, if you know, you know, um, people to feel it's nice to feel like a big global brand kind of knows your little subculture or your culture, and the niche that you are part of it's yeah. it's a really clever way of doing marketing yeah and also I think just the fact that it's more like honing in a community and stuff like that I think is really mm. really cool and I think probably only big brands like Adidas can afford to do that kind of a thing mm-hmm. um but like it's a big deal to be doing that so it shouldn't really come like so soon after the adidas drop um adidas gucci drop like these collaborations Mm. are really watering down then something quite cool like this Mm -hmm. you're right but yeah i mean it's really cool and have like like you said restaurant staff or whatever kiss it out in it and take it back to the community is very cool Mm. I think what it does is it shares, it gives these smaller businesses, and I'm sure this restaurant was doing well without Adidas's help, but, you know, we can't deny that Adidas is is like a superstar in the world of trainers and sportswear, and they are sharing some of that um, spotlight that they have and it enables these smaller businesses to kind of 
get some of their success. And, you know, now if you go to Dubai, I'm sure that you're going to be like, oh, that Ravi's restaurant, I want to go there. I want to see what mm-hmm. their food's about. Just because sure. you, yeah, you've come across them via Adidas's, um, not promotion, but their their collaboration. And so they get to enjoy some of that custom. And I think that's really nice about it, supporting smaller businesses. Mm-hmm. Which is like, such an on like a great thing to be able to do what an honor to be able to kind of like represent smaller businesses and shed a mm. light on them yeah and they're also not like a competitor that's what i mean it's like a restaurant yeah it's literally like no skin off their nose really yeah and i think that's quite nice yeah definitely mm. so uh what is your fashion story my fashion story is that you actually sent me this um Dior are selling a gardening kit. Yeah. And please tell the people how much it is. It's basically nine grand. USD. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, in today's economy, that's like £8,000. <laughs> <laughs> so what it is, is it's like, it looks like one of those little fold-out seats. Yes. Like, I I. I don't know if people know, like, you know, those fold-out stools. Mm. That's what it looks like. It's leather with metal mm. legs, um, lovely stitching, um, a very saddle cut. Um, it's got a little pocket. And then I believe it does come with a spade. Yes, it does come with garden. I believe that's not going to be a good spade. Like, let's be honest. It's not, it's not at all. And then I don't know what I would call this. It's not quite a fork. It's a rake. Oh no! It's a. Oh yeah, it, yeah. I don't know what that is. It looks like it's, it's a hand. A, a, they call it a hand rake, but I wouldn't call that a rake personally. Um, mm. I just I feel like I really want feedback on the spade for one. Mm. Um, yeah, nine grand. And Let's be honest. Is- if you can afford that, you have a gardener. A hundred percent. If you're I mean, spending like eight grand in what, like UK money, mm. you on on a little gardening stool, um, just leather stitched nicely with a spade and a rake, which let's be honest, it goes in the dirt. Like that goes in the dirt. Yes, it's made it's to get dirty. Probably rust, and it's you know, it's it's yep. made for beauty. Um you've 100% got a gardener who's tending to your garden, your lawn, your everything. Yeah, and I don't know. I And really they wouldn't know, be touching that. I don't know who the target audience of this is because, as you said, if you have eight grand, nine grand to spend on this little thing, mm. you already have a gardener, yeah? So you're probably not doing the, your gardening yourself. And even if you are doing some of, if you're like an avid gardener, Mm. you know what your tools are you know what you get to use you know where to get your stuff even if it's high quality and expensive in itself it's it's not going to be this expensive you know you're going to have all your bits ordered bought for and you yourself know that this is an absolute ripoff Mm. the only people I can see actually buying this are quite frankly younger people who get pulled into hype and they don't have gardens yeah. because, again, in this economy, who owns a house? 
with a garden like yeah it's tough <laughs> but like I picture the only thing I can imagine is someone with beautiful like garden a big garden where yeah the garden attends to it but their little hobby is just planting the hanging baskets you know like fake fake gardening like yeah as in like they're not doing the leg work it's just sort of the oh let's just like yeah do the spring hanging baskets and let me get my Dior kit out Mm -hmm. but if you're throwing that money at that um, I just you know like I get the surfboard I get like I get the skateboard I get the tennis racket. I get all of the stuff that I get the bowling ball. I get so much of it. Mm. But this is too expensive, though. I just also don't really get it because if gardening is your hobby, like you said, I'm buying a a good trowel or whatever from just a gardening shop. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest, Dior's not going to have got the best spade on the market. No, don't think so. Yeah. I think what they were trying to do is bear with me. You know how Hermes has like equestrian related paraphernalia? Like, that's their thing, isn't it? Mm. Horse riding. And they actually have quite a substantial range of horse riding horse riding related things and yeah. you can buy them but that's long standing and it's quite integral to their brand and kind of how they've started to begin with it was not a bag's first brand i understand that the late great christian dior was an avid gardener loved flowers and all of that stuff And so I think they're probably trying to expand into different categories. And I'm not against that. I just think this is absolutely mind-bogglingly, don't know the word, (laughs) expensive. Mm. And it it just, because it's so expensive, I just cannot take it seriously. As you said, you are convinced that it's probably really bad quality because there is no handheld spade in the world that is worth that amount of money so it doesn't matter how good it is it's still not up to eight grand par no and of course like yeah the leather work and all of that looks beautiful but I'd rather put that money into a bag for sure I think I don't know a woman who would care that much for gardening stall to look that beautiful yeah you've got to keep it in your house you've got to use it like a, an actual indoor but it's I don't even piece. feel like it's the level of a collector's piece you know when brands mm. do these kinds of things and it's kind of so wacky or out there and mm. you're like that could be a collector's piece and you know Louis Vuitton has some really crazy sort of luggage stuff that's really opulent and out there Chanel has done their sort of like showpiece handbags like the shopping basket or whatever but this just feels like not it's just not quite on the money and they had the nerve to make it in white I know there are other colors available (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I really feel like Kim Jones missed the mark on this I just don't know who kind of like 
if they had a design meeting like I know we should do this who let that spiral to an end product mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where are the you know what I want to know they should have come out with the gardening hat the gardening gloves that's what they should have eased yeah. in with. they should have come in with the um, just a beautiful leather case with the spade and trowel yes yeah yeah um maybe like dare I say it like a little greenhouse that would be a vibe if you've got like imagine you've got like a massive mansion and you're like come to my back garden and there's like a there's like a um a parasol over your outdoor furniture and it's Dior come on he will lap that up (laughs) oh my gosh madness We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode, and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. So we're sort of discussing, it was inspired by an article you sent me about Revlon and sort of where is Revlon now? Where did Revlon really go? Mm-hmm. And I think just sort of discussing how I think that the beauty industry and the fashion industry often echo each other. Yeah. Um, and how, what, like, where have, where's a brand of 90 years of beauty sort of culture gone Mm -hmm. in this day and age and I guess it's been overshadowed or just replaced by by a different a different circumstance I just think we've moved on so much in beauty and I think that's the same with fashion and that's why the high street is struggling to keep up yeah so like in other words it just feels like it's a period of change um, and all the staples that we kind of grew up with mm. are no longer as popular or they are, as you've mentioned with Revlon, just disintegrating and going into administration. And it really begs the question, why? Um, so, I don't know, you broached the idea earlier to me that we aren't buying into Revlon as we used to, which you know, even for me, who's not a massive makeup person, I don't think I've ever really seen anyone talk about Revlon on like YouTube and TikTok yeah. and whatnot. You know, the, the places that you get a lot of your kind of advertising content, I never see anyone talk about Revlon. And you suggested that the reason for that is we're just not buying into quote unquote drugstore brands anymore. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what it is. And I haven't watched like beauty halls for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, 
when Zoella would go to like Boots or Superdrug, she would do like a beauty oh, yeah. haul and that was such a thing. But now, and I don't know if it's because maybe the likes of Zoella now have money. So when they're buying things, it's from like Space NK mm-hmm. or it's from a de- department store. It's from Bobby Brown. It's from Mac. Um, I don't know if it's that, but I feel like the level has just gone up and you're not going to see someone go, oh, I went to Superdrug and I bought this like eyeshadow palette. You just don't see it. Yeah. I feel like now the high street or drugstore beauty is for like kids mm-hmm. or festivals. And, and me. <laughs> or like, or for people who just aren't that bothered. They just want to wear a bit of makeup and mm. like it's the least intimidating place to buy makeup. Yeah. I think. I think, like, if we compare it to, like, Zoella days, her whole thing was that she was quite a normal girl and that it's, like, this is where everyone can go and get their stuff. But yeah. it was a completely different YouTube. Everyone was, quote, unquote, normal. Everyone, we were we were going onto that platform to see people who were just like us, essentially, and it was still very organic, kind of like what we see with TikTok now. Just anyone with good enough content you'd watch them you didn't go for high quality production and for luxury and for glamour really and I think over the years as so much money has been pumped into the beauty industry and and we've all we all collectively understand that there's so much money to be made from the beauty industry not only have we seen so many niche brands niche kind of like independent really cool brands being created but people are getting bored of like drugstore like anyone can go to boots I don't want to be told about what's up boots and super drug I want to be told what's you know what's from that other country where you can only order it online and I want your opinion because it's kind of hard to get and it's maybe really expensive so I want to be sure if I'm going to buy it so I think that's kind of the reason why the the bar is so high when it comes to luxury makeup yeah it is really high and I think things feel more exotic there's so many more options think of I mean even in the Kardashian family there's two people with makeup line Hayley Bieber's just brought out skincare like there there's a makeup line by so many people especially in the states I think yeah. at one point, did Zoella have a makeup line? No, maybe she had like Zoella. I think she had like a, I think a bath she had line. A, Tanya Burr yeah. had a makeup line for a hot second. Like there's, it just became this thing. And so I just think stuff like that also washed away more of the drugstore, like a Maybelline or a Revlon or a Rimmel. Um, but like beauty became like, you know how in like the 90s and the 2000s, celebrity workout videos was the thing that all the celebs were doing in 2010s and like 2020s makeup brands was the thing that every celebrity was creating you've got house labs with gaga you've got rare beauty with selena gomez you've got fenty you've got um okay pat mcgrath she's not a celebrity she's a makeup artist but she came on the scene with her own one 
Um, there is just so much to choose from. Mm, you're so right. And I think it was also just around the time of them being excited about it. And also I just think a lot of makeup tutorials made me sort of save up and maybe buy into Mac. Yeah, I think when we were growing up, mm. there literally was, you go to a drugstore and yeah, you've got like Maybelline, Rimmel, Revlon and like a few other things, Barry mm. M. Oh or my God, yeah. It was going into like Debenhams and going to a makeup counter like Bobby Brown or Mac and that's a huge disparity. Mm. And of course, we're not going to one of those brands I still begrudge when a foundation runs out and I've got to pay nearly like 30 quid to replenish it. Like it yep. still upsets me. So I'm obviously th- going to be doing that then. And £30 in the grand scheme of makeup now is not a lot of money. And I use it every day, like cost per wear, like all of this stuff. Like I use I know. product and like it's whatever. Um, but I still really begrudge that makeup runs out. Um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I just think um I think you like you said there's so many more options now and of course then that saturates like through to long-lasting brands and then things become more exciting and the influencer brands are obviously more notorious um and even brands like Glossier Mm. I don't know what they did but when they launched it was huge. It was all over my Instagram. Just yep. this bubble wrap zip bag. Like all this stuff was just huge. And I guess the products to the test of time, like there's all these things that just take the internet by storm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like, I don't know. So I think there's that element. I think we spend more money on it. On makeup. Mm. Like I bet there are like young girls now who aren't like I don't think do you remember those dream mat like mousse those yeah 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 foundations they were terrible there's no way there is a 14 year old girl putting that on her face no 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 no, definitely not one time um I went for lunch with my niece um now she's 18 but she was 17 at the time um we went for lunch and then we walked over into the makeup department of Selfridges and she was saying that she wanted to get some bits. And obviously, like, she doesn't have a job. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll pick out what you want and I'll get it for you sort of thing. And um, she bought eyeliner from Chanel mm. and I had to pay for it. And I thought... 20 quid? I think it was more than that. Really? Yeah, for a pencil. I thought, what the fuck? But mm. I've got to pay for it because it's not like I see her all the time, you know? Like trying to be a good aunt here in my in my mind I was like you just got me to buy the most expensive eyeliner here (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I I completely yeah I think people are willing to spend more on makeup now um when you know Pat McGrath those 150 pound eyeshadow palettes are being you know forced onto your eyeballs every day by your favorite makeup artists and makeup influencers then you're going to get desensitized to that sort of price thing and I think also another thing we haven't really touched on is 
Revlon is not going to give you the most exciting offering because their job is to be like a constant, you know, in the drugstore scene. You want to be able to, you know, you get a Revlon lipstick and you know, if you go back to boots in five years time, you can still get that exact shade. That's what they're there for. And that's what people love. Like you have to be so constant with makeup. Yeah. But all these other brands, as you've mentioned, like when Glossier came out, they were giving us something new when, I don't know, all these other brands, they're always giving us something different and something new and exciting. And if these older brands like, oh my God, Estee Lauder and all of that want to keep up, it doesn't matter how big you are. If they want to keep up, they have to continue to pump money into their brand and reformulate and repackage and redesign just to stay relevant with the group of people who are willing to spend crazy amounts of money and those are like the I don't know between 45 and 25 year olds or something yeah and I I feel like it's got a direct connection or correlation with the fact that we we've talked about this quite a lot that there's people are spending just more generally we are justifying designer purchases so much more like when we grew up and I know we're not that old but maybe someone would have like one designer bag a grown-up and it would probably be like a Louis Vuitton really timeless monogrammed bag and Mm -hmm. that was their bag we mm-hmm. now live in a world where like eight 18 year olds are thinking that they're meant to have like a Bottega bag or are aspiring to have a Chanel. Bare I like add a £7,000 handbag is what sort of 18 year olds are aspiring to have or want like or a rocking walking down the street. Um, and that won't be their only one. Um, and so I just think we've just kind of accepted a higher price tag on life as well which like is there any sex appeal to buying Revlon you know no it's not sexy it's not sexy to be like oh my god I just went like look at this great Revlon nail polish or look at this great Revlon lipstick everything now is what I will say they're nail polish you know what did you say (laughs) I said their nail polish is good their nail polishes are really good I like Revlon nail polish yeah I really like the bottle I really like it Mm-hmm. Um, but like in a picture, yeah. if you were going to like empty the contents of your handbag, you want your lipstick to kind of be like Chanel, or you want it to look that's like in one of those flat those flat lay images of like what's in my bag, and it's like the Chanel hand cream and the you know the I don't know uh, Christian Louboutin nail polish with mm. that like spiked handle, yeah. I think you're right. I think even when we were younger, taking it back to your first point, when, you know, the adults that we knew may have had one designer bag. I don't necessarily know it was like they had one designer bag, but I think they had a number of maybe very premium or designer pieces, but they weren't as flashy. So you never really knew. It was like, Mm. I remember my mum shopped at Bally yeah and and they, they're not cheap at all they're not like Louis Vuitton but they're not cheap but it was like more understated stuff um now 
everything we buy is so much flashier mm-hmm. that you can tell when I think it's that because everything's so flashier you constantly need to rework what you have and bring in something new otherwise it's very easy to notice that it's the same thing over and over again yeah. it's like those Prada um re-edition bags those nylon bags that they came out with and then they brought out the one that's like encrusted with Swarovski crystals if your friend wore that every day you would notice do you know what I mean but if yeah. it was a plain leather black bag you'd be like yeah it's Prada it's got that little badge on it but mm. it's not like you're gonna say oh my god like girl stop wearing your crystal bag yeah 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 and I think that that's what we see with makeup like yeah I follow some girls online who do the most exciting fun creative makeup looks they're not wearable by any stretch of the imagination they're like painting clouds on their forehead and shit like it's really out there it's very editorial and I think that's what a lot of girlies and guys are after nowadays it's either like super glam you know soft glam which you cannot wear every day or it's editorial it's like give me like strobed graphic eyeliner Mm. and that's not the vibe that Revlon was on no Revlon was sort of and remember like a drugstore has a really limited offering it's essentially mm. like mascara coal eyeliner pencil um like a brown like eyeshadow palette maybe um mm. some concealers some foundation some lipsticks and some nail polishes um and maybe blushes and stuff like that but like it doesn't have the full beat that people yeah. are now used to so you actually can't get your full look probably from just the Revlon counter you're not going to have your contour your different shades of contour your bronzer like you're not going to have the full shade range highlighter yeah and of course like they what sometimes I know shade ranges have got better but Mm. not every store can have like 20 shades Mm -hmm, they buy mm -hmm. in sort of I guess what they think they need like yeah it's just it's not it's not what the younger generation go for Mm -hmm, it kind of just reminds me of someone who very much is just like doesn't really know how to maybe do makeup or will do the same makeup every day of their lives and that's mm-hmm. who it's for but people who play with makeup and like it don't wear the same makeup every day and they're gonna buy it online yeah they're gonna buy the stuff online which I think is a massive factor I have never in my life and I buy Revlon nail polish mm. never thought to buy theirs online I just think to myself oh wait till I go to the high street yeah when I need a color, if I'm feeling like, oh, I just want to treat myself and buy an unnecessary, you know, nail polish. And that's it. It's kind of like as and when you need it. And not necessarily because you're in search of something. Um, but one point that uh business of fashion, because they wrote this article on Revlon and how it's going under, um they made an interesting point and it was surrounding their legacy. So Revlon had its heyday and it was kind of really big during the 70s. Um, lots of, you know, models. They had the first, they were the first brand to put a black model, namely Sims, in their ad campaign. 
you know, they were, um, you know, like culture makers, let's mm-hmm. say. They had Cindy Crawford and Christy Turlington, and it was a really big deal, Revlon. Yeah. Um, Colour Stay, their non-transfer lipstick, you know, they were the brand. Um, and I think that... As the years have gone by, I did not actually know this. Maybe it was just in the States, but Revlon did try to create this brand that was going to appeal to the younger customers. And in 2018, they created their like Gen Z targeted line and it was called Flesh. Now it sounds disgusting. The name, like Jesus Christ. Um, and it was like very sexualized language. I'm not even going to tell you what some of these products were called no you know what that I immediately think it's trying to compete with a brand called Too Faced who has a mascara and it's a very good mascara but the Mm. mascara is called like better than sex mascara yes yeah um and that's just what this like immediately says to me is that they're trying to have this like cheeky like I begrudge that that mascara has that name. You know, I wouldn't want to take that out of like, it's a very good mascara, but I'd be embarrassed if I was at work and I took Mm -hmm. out my bag and boys in my office, like took a read of that, I would be rinsed. But you know, Tom Ford, a lot of his um, fragrances have quite cheeky names. Yeah. You know, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell you what some of their products are. <laughs> this might actually be the reason why this brand or this offshoot was a flop. Mm. One was called <laughs> Firm Flesh Thick Stick. And that was foundation. Disgusting. Um, gloss was called Flesh Pot. <laughs> no. And then obviously, like the brand was called Flesh. I do, I, um, flesh makes me feel sick. It's not nice, is it? It's a, such an ugly word, Flesh. Oh god. Um, and yeah, I say that all that to say is like sometimes brands do not need to be chasing the next best thing. Yeah, what they need to be doing. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't. <laughs> They need to be doubling down yeah. on what they're good at. And if that means Revlon, because they went bankrupt, okay? So they were obviously spending more than they could they could cover. You know, they weren't bringing in the revenue they needed to cover their increasing expenses. So if that means they need to streamline their offering, you know, focus on... I don't know, their lipsticks, their color stay lipsticks, you know, more kind of ra- nude ranges because that was massive for ages. Um, lip liners, we talked about nail polish, um, brow kind of brow products, like streamlining. Don't be everything to all people. And if they could have like saved money in that way or kind of reintroduced themselves in a new way, for younger generations without making this disgusting sounding offshoot <laughs> mm. that might have served them better yeah I think you're so right and I think that this has been probably the panic and the demise of a lot of brands and I think it must be really difficult like you said that they were at the height of staff and they were probably until the 2010s 
maybe even into that, like doing quite ahead of the game, like a really um, secure high street brand. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be really difficult when that suddenly changes. But what you I think you're meant to do is then like you said just double down and focus on what you do best rather than trying to beat your competitors because you're always gonna be a step behind your competitors because mm-hmm. they've already got there they're already there and they're already working on the next thing so you playing catch up is never going to get you there and I think like I think I would really begrudge it if there was like a clothing brand that I really liked Mm-hmm. And then suddenly their competitor was like outselling them. And then the style of their clothes changed to emulate the competitor. Mm-hmm. I'd be annoyed because I'd got like the style of clothing that I liked has disappeared. Yeah. You're going to them for a certain thing. Yeah. I've just had a revelation, a revelation. Yes. Um, 90s makeup is so big right now. Mm, I know and they can't like how are they not monopolizing on this 90s makeup and that's what we had to make it I know Revlon (laughs) was the thing like get Kate Moss back I know she was a Rimmel girl but like get like Christine um Christy Turlington yeah get them back and show you how you can create that look for like less Linda Evangelista Naomi Campbell's still working Get these three yeah. ladies, do um, and then you and then you want to get someone like you want to get someone like Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion to recreate an Aaliyah inspired photo. Oh my god! Listen, besides the Chanel advent calendar that we need to be booked on, Revlon should have called us and we could have just brainstormed some ideas for them. For sure. I think we are the ideas people. And I think that <laughs> I think we have a good thing going here. Um, it definitely really upset an agency. that a brand of 90 years and is definitely like a brand that, you know, film stars would have been using in the 1950s. It yes. makes that makes me sad that that. Yes. Because makeup is a really new concept. And I, like, yeah. Do you think a bit of, like... Um, but I'm going to be honest, I can't remember the last time I bought something from Revlon. No, neither can I. I think I probably have some stuff. But do you think that a bit of popular culture history has been lost with Revlon? Do you think it spells danger for other makeup brands? Or is there a wider implication for Revlon disappearing? I feel like it must be surely the same for the likes of a Maybelline, Rimmel. I don't even know if Barry M still exists anymore. I don't think it does. I think it does. There's loads of, I just, if they're all, if one's struggling, they all must be, is sort of my, like, there's no reason Revlon should be suffering any more than any of the others. I will say, though, when I think of Revlon, it was always probably like the least young makeup brand in a drugstore. It was always a bit more demure. The packaging was a bit nicer. Um, You know, I think that they were trying to be a little bit elevated, like the bottles of stuff. Everything was quite as nicely done as it could be. Maybe my mum had like nail polishes from there. So I'm thinking that. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like Rimmel was more targeted at teenagers. I don't know. Maybe that's yes. part of it, that it sort of, that pitch of customer has gone elsewhere. I just don't know. Yeah. It makes me sad, though, because of the heritage of it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know who owns Revlon? And this will even... Is it Estee Lauder? No, it's Elizabeth Arden. Oh, I, yeah, I knew it was like one of them, yeah. Another old lady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, neither one of them are alive, but... Um, yeah, I just read that and I thought... So makeup wow. is a bit like fashion in that sense. Yeah. Most makeup brands are under like two big umbrellas, like Elizabeth Arden um Estee Lauder Mm -hmm. and like I think I I think there'll be other branches but like there's like Mm -hmm. it's similar to fashion they're under I think I think Coty yeah owns a lot of fragrance but beauty as well Mm. like like Kylie Cosmetics and all that bullshit yeah I wonder but for sure like I do think the emergence of the Kylie lip kit and then obviously her brand and all of that stuff just also washes things away. Washes things away in what sense? Like, even I bought into that, so I'm not going to go to a drugstore now to find my next lipstick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to look at what the next, like, hot thing that (laughs) is circulating the internet, like... I mean, I don't even know if you would know this, but like Charlotte Tilbury has a lipstick called Pillow Talk. Yeah. Which is like notoriously. I might not buy stage. it, but you know, I, I know, I know the things. But that's what, like, so that's what I mean. Like people want to be seen with it and they recognize her bullet, like the lipstick bullet. It's just all of that sort of is a moment. Like I know that makeup, people who make makeup packaging always like a, a lipstick bullet is a real conversation piece. Yes, a lot of these brands, like, like, um, so her whole beauty concept is old Hollywood mm. glamour, and, and all her packaging, emulating that packaging. Names, yeah, all the and names, the Bieber makeup packaging, yeah, and then you have other brands. They all have these really strong themes. Mm. Um, for better or for worse, really does help their brand. Yeah. Um, I think there's one American brand called like Beauty Bakery and everything's like cake batter yeah. and like sprinkle themes and like mm-hmm. flavors and all of that. And that's another thing. But what I have, what I have seen people talk about recently, and I, it would be good to get your opinion because you actually buy the products. I just watch this nonsense um, is the idea that the beauty community on YouTube and social media is I don't know if it's disappearing or it's just not uh, as big of a deal as it used to be. I know that there are some beauty gurus that I used to watch just even a couple of years ago, no longer post about beauty. Mm. They talk about their life, their lifestyle. Yeah. I've uh, definitely Jackie. noticed that evolution. I think. That- yeah. So you've got like Jackie Ina who talks about homeware, candles, yeah. bed linen, things like that, which is great content. Um, what, uh, Raw Christy Beauty, she talks about being a mum. Mm. And yeah, yeah. W- what's your thought on that? 
people have evolved, I guess, with their channels and their priorities are different. There are only a few people and maybe it's more like the actual core makeup artists that still do it. Mm -hmm. But often what does go alongside that are like a vlog style of like my weekly vlog. But I would say beauty videos just aren't a thing anymore. They really, really aren't. And they used to be everywhere. Granted, maybe that just isn't what comes to me anymore. But it used to be the thing for Mm -hmm. And one thing, part of me wonders, have we just learned how to do it? Because I, I, I used to watch it and be like, oh my God, that's like, oh, that's a cool trick. And we've learned the tricks. Mm. That there's enough videos out there to learn how to do your makeup now. And I see fads on TikTok like, oh, apply your, apply red lipstick on your under eyes to counteract stuff and like oh, yeah. all these fads. But ultimately... I know how to do my makeup now, like whether it looks good or not, like I've found a way to do it. And yes, I occasionally learn different tricks and stuff like that from videos, but there's, it's pretty much covered. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I remember being at uni and when Kim K was at her, like, I want to say her biggest, not because she's not massive now, but that's when she was like on the scene and we were mm. all trying to emulate her look, you know, body cons, platform. Hervé Ledger, like. Hervé Ledger everywhere. And era. baking, baking and contouring was, we were losing our shit. We were like, oh my God, how does she do it? And she gave us a tutorial mm. or her makeup artist did. And we were all learning how to create makeup looks like a professional which had never been done before because celebs had their professionals doing their makeup for them and then the rest of us we were just out here in the Atlantic Ocean just Just, doing our best just putting eyeliner all the way around just (laughs) just just keep swimming do your best put some makeup on and that was and hope for the best and that was it and then we started learning all these tricks and you're right 10 years on We've we've had our fill. We know how to contour. We know um, what colors suit us. Mm. We know what the what we could buy at the top end. Yeah. But now we've decided. Okay, we really like that. What is it that like that uh, hundred pound product? But I know now. I know now that I can get it for like thirty pounds. Yeah, and there's, it's there's dupes pretty much the same elsewhere. thing. Yeah, there are dupes. Yeah. So I think we've gotten our fill of it and we're not out here seeking tutorials anymore. Mm. Yeah. And I just wonder if there's fewer tutorials and on the odd chance that Revlon might have been in one, that sort of disappeared. Mm. Um, But the odds also are that Revlon wouldn't have been appearing in any of those tutorials. Yeah, I don't remember. Unless it used to be a trend to do like a full look with drugstore products. Yes, that's true. Half your face high end, half drugstore to kind of like test which gives a better overall look. Mm. And that's when it used to make an appearance. But people just like leveling up their makeup. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, like, we can't forget that two years of COVID, pretty much, there was no one was buying makeup. (laughs) It was months, months upon months of people not b- 
bothering to put yeah. a stitch of makeup on their face um as a makeup influences. addict well not addict but as a makeup lover like I was barefaced for three months yeah yeah and then it really took me a while to transition into wearing makeup again yeah I can imagine and also we had a really good summer do you remember that well because also I think it was also like I got used to my face and I really mm. accepted my face without it Mm-mm. and so then it was kind of like I wanted to try and maintain that I wanted to like my face Mm. as it comes <laughs> no I hear that that's that's it's real though mm. lots of people prior to that were putting on makeup just so they looked half decent to go into yeah. the office yeah or to go out you know to clubs bars whatever on the weekends and we no longer had that option so we and we've done episodes about this we reverted to a comfort first approach to beauty and fashion and so people just weren't buying makeup and if you did wear makeup then you need a really good fixing spray because once you put your mask on it was like rubbing all on the inside of your mask and I think that really allowed people to reevaluate if a makeup is beauty content is the content that they even want to watch and then do they even want to spend that kind of money that they were spending on prior to the pandemic on makeup in boots and super drug and whatever and then also as you said before like if you're gonna buy stuff now where's the first place you'd buy like nice makeup it's probably like cult beauty Mm. or space nk or what's the other one look fantastic look fantastic all of that so i think we just like it was like a reboot for us do you know what i mean it was just like if I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy nice quality and I'm not going to buy too much or I'm going to go for really minimal makeup. I think it it quelled that craze that we'd been living through for so long. Mm. So interesting. It's tough out there. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so what is our poll for this week? When was the last time you bought something from Revlon? I know. For me, it could quite possibly be like within the last two months because fun fact, I often always buy um, a dr- like a drugstore concealer. I don't really know why. Um, I just feel like concealer, like I'm not, if I'm, I don't know why, if I'm spending £30 on my foundation, I'm not spending £25 on my concealer. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I hear that. I'm sort of a bit like, you know what? And also because maybe it's because I normally have good skin, I don't normally need it. So I just buy oh, you're lucky. concealer. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going through it like a trough. I I think I need more concealer than I do foundation. Like it makes a big difference to my face. But um, I get what you mean, because the, the tubes are small. It's like, yeah. why spend £30 yeah. on a bottle of something and then £25 on a little tube? Yeah. No, yeah, doesn't make sense. no, Susan. What yeah. I will say is because they're now going bankrupt, hands down, best quote-unquote drugstore top coat for Nels is Revlon's Colorstay Gel Envy Diamond Top Coat. Yes, the diamond one super glossy rush to buy it now i need to stock up don't i yes you do 
shit i'm hoping that they might flood poundland with these you know how sometimes they say <laughs> the dream is alive <laughs> they always end up with like reject yeah apologies and, and all of that stuff so yeah sounds like a plan that's our poll for this week again for tuning in to another episode of style over substance guys don't forget to check out our instagram or spotify to respond to this week's poll bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.